0: Okay, we're back again. Episode 16. Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> I, I, that, I can't figure that. That was just a general excited one. Anyway. Yes, that was okay. like,
1: you know, general just, on the battlefield kind of thing. Oh, there you go. I okay.
0: I, Old iron sides or whatever. Exactly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this week, we I'm afraid this week we might run a little shorter, which I don't think anybody else is afraid of. But <laughs> I didn't... I actually, this week, I didn't really watch a whole lot.
1: Yeah, geez, Amos. I know. You're holding I, us back here, man. I know.
0: It's like I'm an anchor around your your neck <laughs> in this particular uh, enterprise. But um, there was a couple things that we did have to... You know, we were going to talk about... One thing, too, that the, I wanted to mention was that a conversation that we had a little bit earlier about people being cut out of movies for weird reasons. Yeah. I think that's very interesting. So it's not specifically about any movie, <laughs> but I think it's interesting. But we'll start off with a movie that we have both seen, mm-hmm. which would be... Oh, well, let me look. <laughs> <laughs> Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. We mentioned this a couple of weeks ago.
1: A couple of weeks ago? It was, was like it our a- first...
0: We've mentioned it twice because remember I said that oh, we had to said, Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Um,
0: but uh, so we both finally watched this masterpiece of crapulence. Yeah. To borrow the phrase from last week, uh, your impression of it, Phil.
1: Wow. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> One word summary. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I could
0: I couldn't figure out if it was in a movie that was direct-to-video or if it was made for like sci-fi channel or something
1: no i think it's direct-to-video i think this uh this comes from a company called the arsenal which is most famous for doing the knockoffs of movies that are currently in the theater you know like snakes on a on a plane was in theaters and they put out snakes on a train kind of confuse you and get you to run it. Oh, and, and they have the covers, the video covers that look almost
0: exactly like the other movie. Exactly. So, like, if you go to the video store, it'll be almost right next to it, and you go, oh, either that, or you'll see the knockoff and say, oh, yeah, you know. Exactly. Because they did... did they, I
1: thought this was in
0: the theaters. Yeah, yeah. Did Were they the ones that did the Con Air knockoff, too? Probably. You, do you remember that? For some reason, that made a big impression on me. I was like, <laughs> there, this, And the the cover box wow. looks exactly like Con Air. Yeah. But, so anyway, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, the story of what story there is. <laughs> they find, Debbie Gibson finds in the ocean somewhere, frozen in a giant block of ice, a Mega Shark and a giant octopus. Of course. And they get thawed out.
1: Well, uh, some government experiment gone awry releases them from their icy prison. And right. And they wreak havoc on the rest of the world.
0: Mostly San Francisco and Tokyo, if I'm right. Tokyo! Hey!
1: Yes. <laughs> okay, so. Although you only see San Francisco, and then they, like, call up the Japanese dude, and he's like, It's horrible over here. Yeah. Hopefully it's going better over there. <laughs> 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 so, they get
0: the brilliant idea to, uh use pheromone sense to bring the two together so they'll fight. And there's the the greatest explanation of the plan in history in this movie. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Where Debbie Gibson is explaining that we'll have to use their rage against each other. That's our only hope.
1: I just loved how they found it, like, the obligatory, like... Quasi after sex scene where they're like, Send pheromones! It's the key! Yeah, yeah.
0: The way they figured it out was that they the two scientists took time out from trying to figure out this global catastrophe to go bone in a broom closet. <laughs> <laughs> that was the ex that's how they figured it out. Exactly. So the lesson to all you kids out there, have sex as often as possible and it will solve your problems. <laughs>
1: of course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then but Debbie Gibson was just oh lord she was terrible and the asian guy the asian scientist the japanese guy that comes over to help uh huh he was just channeling sulu i think
1: yeah i don't know what he was doing he was like the director just said Hmm be as wooden as possible.
0: Be, take everything so seriously. Lower your
1: voice a little. And, <laughs> and talk slowly. Uh, really slowly. You know, I noticed, uh, you know, hey, one of the problems of this movie is that, <laughs> is uh, when you first meet Lorenzo Lamas, it's, it seems like it's supposed to come off as witty or banter, yeah. but there's just no timing. It's oh, like, none. well, doctor, I think you're a douche. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, and
0: then Lorenzo Lamas, I think, uh, he came across as about the one person, actor in that movie that sort of got, this is crap and whatever. I'm Lorenzo Lamas. I don't care. Yeah. And was sort of playing it a little bit more as, as just overplaying it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else seemed like they were taking it a little too seriously. Debbie
1: Gibson's like, this is my chance!
0: Well, and she was so vapid and like, just moony in a bunch of those scenes. <laughs> She's just like,
1: ah. You know, it's so funny, like, um, after you're first introduced to them and the, the beasts are released, and then they go back and there's that whale carcass on the beach, and uh, I was noticing that essentially they're like, okay, she's playing a scientist, Well, she's wearing a purple tube top so let's put her in a lab coat and she'll look like a scientist.
0: (laughs) Right? She showed up to the the set that day just in her own clothes and they were like, well, we don't have anything for you except for a fucking lab coat. Sorry. (laughs) I
1: mean, button it up. And I loved that after that whole scene, she turns to her colleague and is like, let's go get a drink. And instead of going to like a bar and having a scene in a bar, they then are on the beach. Drinking a... (laughs) a <laughs> paper, paper. bag. Yeah, like a big old beer in a paper bag. I was like, yeah.
0: So these are like the hobo scientists. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> Let's just go get a couple of fotties and head to the beach. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> well, and the, you know, the one, one thing that really irritated me too in that movie, well, one, th- one thing, one w- thing, was that, okay, well, actually I can think of two things that I wanted to say is that, okay, when they're in this sort of conclusion or climax where they're all in the uh, in the submarines and they're driving around in the submarines and they uh, and uh, they're fighting the, the shark and the octopus for some reason everybody is looking forward kind of up as if they're looking out the windshield uh-huh. There's no windshield in a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like they're all looking up and their eyes are all wide, and the um the one, the navigator for the American sub or the pilot is just flipping out. I know, I
1: couldn't think of that other guy's like, oh no, oh, and <laughs> shaking. <laughs>
0: he's shaking and he's sweating, and it's like there's like fifteen shots of him just his eyes bugging out, and <laughs> and it's like, wow, and then um the uh now I forgot what the other thing was um, Oh The special effects they had, It looked like they had about a budget of about $75 for the special effects uh-huh. When they were fighting each other The mon- the monsters And it's like okay the movie's called Mega Shark vs. Giant Octopus And you literally have like three different clips mm-hmm. And the one clip they showed Over and over again Was where the octopus grabbed onto the shark And it's wiggling trying to get away they yeah. showed that that one yeah, clip. They'd they like...
1: flip it back and forth to make it look like it was something new. Right. I was like, wow, the octopus has lost like 19 legs by now. Right,
0: because they kept showing the shot of the shark biting that leg uh-huh. off. Yeah. And then for some reason, when they... The fight was over. Nothing really happened. They just both know, sort of stopped just, moving. and
1: They just kind of like, oh, we're done.
0: <laughs> Down I go. They, <laughs> I mean, they
1: were just, they, nothing really happened. They just sort of stopped and <laughs> sunk. The most unexplainable scene in that movie was uh, when, the <laughs> when the shark, for some reason, jumped to 35,000 feet and yeah. ate a 747. yeah. I'm like, uh, why why would a shirt do that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, even if it could do that, why would it do that? I know. Yeah.
0: And then well the the, the thing I did, I was a little disappointed in is that I thought it would be one of those movies that was so bad that it's like you got to just love it. I mean, well, just Well, it was it halfway along.
1: there. I mean, some of it was just so bizarre. I mean, I did keep one. Lorenzo Lamas keeps keeps referring to the to the shark as Sharkzilla. And I was like, ooh, was that the alternative title? I wonder <laughs> if it was.
0: It might have been. But, uh, yeah, but it seemed like toward the end, it just, especially the scenes with the with the submarines when they were in the submarine, and the pilot pulls a gun on the captain, and the captain, who looks like Chris Penn for some reason, yeah, yeah, um, is just, he's just the worst. And I went, you know... I'm not enjoying The Crappy Lens as much as I hoped I would be. This I'm just seeing it and going, ugh.
1: I guess. I was giggling a few times. Like, after they uh, after they figure out they just want to put them together to kill each other, <laughs> when, you know, the, to announce the idea, Debbie Gibson just comes on set and goes, Thriller in Manila! Yeah. And we're but, left going, okay. Yeah, right? right? <laughs> then, yeah.
0: And then one thing, and this is, I don't know why I noticed this, but every every single uh, submarine in the whole movie mm-hmm. looks exactly the same. The Japanese ones, the American ones. The and,
1: Japanese one looks a little different. Does it? Yeah, it did. Well, it could and have I been that like, much different. I did, <laughs> I did like... When um, the octopus just comes out and knocks the wolf pack out of the water, oh yeah, and they just kind like, of like they, s- they look around. like something in a fair, you know? Yeah,
0: they sort of spin around and they just kind of oh yeah. Well, and then the octopus too grabs the Japanese sub that the the the, the, uh-huh. the Japanese scientist guy is on. Uh-huh. He sort of he sort of plays with it for a minute, and then uh, uh, just sort of drops it.
1: Yeah, it's like well
0: okay you make
1: me angry not so much
0: (laughs) i know right i'm over it (laughs) well and then debbie gibson at the end when she gets the call from her japanese lover she just doesn't she doesn't say anything i was so i was like well she no she literally doesn't say anything and she's just looking at this at the video screen all moody and just and it's like I kept expecting her to say something, and I'm going, what is the problem here? Did you forget your lines and well, they forgot to reshoot it?
1: I just love that the the whole thing about that scene was that um, he's like, is anybody out there? And you can see him on the video monitor. Emma! And then he's like, he just waves. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Emma, alive." Not,
0: you know, help me, I'm sinking to the bottom of the ocean or... She's just—he smiles and just sort of waves. It's like, wow, okay. Well, and then at the end too, they have that stupendously stupid scene where the Irish scientist, the old guy, walks up to him on the beach and gives him some folder, and they look at it and they go, "Where did you get this?" And he goes. The North Sea or whatever, and then they just go, "Let's rock and roll" or whatever the fuck it was. It was like the scene
1: from the sequel. <laughs> well, it was, it was.
0: It reminded me of that scene from Ghosts of Mars, where the where they're like, "Let's kick ass" because it's what we do best. Yeah, and I was yeah. just like, "Wow, did you really put that in a movie?" <laughs> hey. But. Mega Shark vs. Giant Close. I swear, I mean, I love those kind of movies, so I don't regret in any way watching it. But at the same time, I was, I was hoping that I would enjoy it. The crappy lens a little more than
1: I did. I got over it. Pretty Some of it was a chore. It goes by quickly. It's less than an hour and a half. But uh, but uh, I'd say the moments that are so stupendously bad are almost worth the price of admission. Which, by the way, it is free on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there you go. I mean, that's the price of admission. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> So I didn't have to pay shit for that movie.
0: I actually didn't either, but... Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Just I got an my money. Just so, hour and
1: a half of my life.
0: Exactly, and three more gray hairs or oh. whatever. No, I mean, it wasn't... It wasn't... <laughs> it wasn't a movie that I would be like... It wasn't like Mall Cop, where I was upset that I watched it.
1: Yeah, it's not like downright bad. They're, it is enjoyable.
0: I love, though, too, in that movie, where they do the generic... Like, whenever they have this sort of montage sequence... Of quote-unquote scientists. Yes. They just are doing quote-unquote science stuff. They're just, <laughs> stuff <and laughs> They're just, just like <laughs>
1: swishing around
0: beakers. Exactly. They're pouring and one into they pour the other. And then in
1: they pour one in the other and look disappointed.
0: And then they pour one in the other one later on and it turns a different color and they look happy and they like high-five. Yep. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like what is the, What are these things that you're mixing together? I mean, there's no explanation. Nope. They're just so. trying to
1: find something.
0: Yeah, you know, hey but just the generic quote the cure unquote, for science. The giant shark <laughs> the cure the vaccine <laughs>
1: <laughs> well did you notice
0: too that the, the shark kept changing sizes did it yeah like okay in the scene where it goes and it bites the golden Gate bridge in half yeah it was huge and then and then in the next then <laughs> then the scene later on when it's chasing a submarine mm-hmm. and obviously submarines are big and they're not but it looked way smaller to me.
1: Well, of course, at the beginning, when they find the tooth, the scientist says, "Oh, well, the the mouth ten or eleven feet, I think, unless it maybe he said meters, but ten or eleven feet ain't the size of that fucking." Thing. Well, right,
0: you can't bite the Golden Gate Bridge in half with ten or eleven feet worth of mouth. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. Yeah, that again I I don't regret watching it but still. It was it yeah. If
1: you enjoy crapulent movies, this one is crapulent.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think we might get a, an email from uh Charlie saying he watched it. We might not though. He uh,
1: <laughs> I did have some feedback from him saying he wanted us to do a John Hughes RIP episode. We could do that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Well, tune in next week. Right. Um, <laughs> tune in sometime in the future. In the well, yeah. You don't have to actually tune in, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> that's pretty. <laughs> you just see some old timey radio that's coming out of it, going <laughs> Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. <laughs> Lorenzo Llamas, you know. <laughs> Who wouldn't listen to us? I,
1: I would. I don't know if I would. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> On that note, let's move on. Um,
1: Well, would you rather talk about Gremlins?
0: Let's do Gremlins 2. Because that movie, you know, we were just talking about if you enjoy the crapulence and whatever. That movie's not a bad movie. It's a good movie and it's so self-referential and like knowing about Hollywood stuff and sort of these inside jokes and everything. That's one of the things I just love about it.
1: Well, it's kind of of funny because I think think Gremlins 2 has been overlooked by most people. But in sure. many ways, it is superior to the original.
0: Sure, sure. Well, and just to quickly, if anybody... there, And, and there are people out there, I haven't seen Gremlins too that have seen Gremlins. But um, the Gremlin, or the... What's his name? Gizmo? Gizmo. Gets taken to New York by the old Chinese guy. Or he's going back to New York. From, well, no,
1: because the, the Chinese guy got him at the end of, of Gremlins. And right. So his shop is now in New York and... And uh, uh, Mr. Clamp wants to tear it down to put in a high-rise. Yep. And so the, the Chinese guy dies, and then some scientists...
0: Find the twins, those two weird-looking twins from Terminator 2.
1: Yeah, yeah, they find Gizmo and take him back to the lab, and Christopher Lee experiments on him.
0: Right, so then Clamp, it's Clamp Tower, and obviously Clamp is a play on Trump. Yes. And I love his logo. It's a C <laughs> With the world like squashed into it, <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> like it's clamping the world. Exactly. Um, so he Gizmo gets out in the in the high rise that's supposedly, and this is a big part of the story, is that it's supposedly the world's most automated office building. Yes. And that's of course where Zach Galligan uh-huh. works, and Phoebe Cates works there too. And they're this trying to sit, guy, yeah. yeah, with the with the hat that has, the, it's got like it looks like a it looks, it looks like to a, the tower. Well, it's no, I know, but it's like it's like the navy hat, the little yeah, yeah. pointed on both ends, and then it's got the tower sticking up. <laughs> <out. laughs> but so they both work there, of course, and then mayhem ensues with it's the gremlins.
1: Um, this one has gremlins that drink certain potions and become big spider gremlins and electrical gremlins
0: Gre- and then one the super
1: smart gremlin the super smart gremlin the the female gremlin yeah who, who has sex with Robert Picardo
0: it's implied that
1: right but
0: ugh, ugh. <laughs> 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 I mean just the fact it's Robert Picardo to start with ugh. <laughs>
1: Dante loves Robert Picardo he was in the howling
0: I know. I know. Well, and it's one of those, Joe Dante is one of those guys that really likes his guys. Yeah. You know, the guy who played um, the the sort of crazy guy from the hometown. Yeah, um, yeah. He's in a bunch of his movies. Yeah. Uh, and I can't remember his name, but if I saw it, I'd recognize him. But anyway, so the, the Gremlins sort of
1: take over Clamp Tower, mm-hmm. and uh, there's just so many weird little there's it, it, The movie is like a, a joke every 10 seconds. Some of them are like the best things ever. I love the microwave cooking with Helen as their TV show on the Clamp Network.
0: Right, and she's just getting drunk
1: the whole time. <laughs> she's <laughs> just pouring the sherry down her mouth. Yeah, she's like... A little bit for you, a little bit for me, a little I, bit for you. I love her line where she's like, "You you add a little bit of cooking
0: sherry. Some people use a little, and she pours a little bit in there. She goes... And then she looks, she goes, I use a lot. <laughs>
1: and then she just takes a big swig off of the bottle. <laughs> uh, and Robert some, Prosky as the kind of Elvira-esque guy. Yeah,
0: the, he dresses up like Dracula and does the late night show. And me. Yeah, and then... Um,
1: Interviews the, the smart gremlin. The smart
0: gremlin, yeah. Well, and the thing that's so funny about the movie is that anytime there's a joke about a gremlin having a certain personality trait, uh-huh. somehow they get these little gremlin-sized T-shirts and outfits, <laughs> and just, you know... Because the, the joke is, with the smart gremlin, he drinks the brain hormone, and then he falls down, and he starts twitching, and you just see his shadow, you don't see him, and then when he gets back up again, he's got glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> and I love it. I know. And the thing that's funny is that that kind of thing sounds like you're just telegraphing a stupid joke. Yeah. But it works for whatever reason in uh-huh. that movie.
1: I, my favorite joke in that movie, it never fails to make me laugh, is when Phoebe Cates is in the elevator and all the gremlins are attacking the elevator. Uh-huh. And so the, she tells the elevator to stop and it stops. And then she's like, "Sound alarm!" And all the gremlins just start going. There's like four. There's like twenty gremlins just going. Eh, eh, eh. This is the funniest <laughs> shit ever.
0: I think that one of the one of the um, one of the jokes in that movie that I didn't quite get until later on mm-hmm. was when Phoebe Cates starts talking about, um, for some reason that, that somebody mentions Abraham Lincoln, uh-huh. and she goes, "Oh, don't mention it." Abraham Lincoln. Something terrible happened to me on Lincoln's birthday. Oh. Just making fun of the scene where she's talking about Christmas yeah. in the first one. Uh-huh. I don't know why I thought that was so funny because <laughs> it's like this is the actor who delivered that little monologue who's now making complete fun of it later on. So and the guy that the guy that wrote it, I just watched it recently. I didn't recognize his name at all. It was like something Haas, H A A S, like. Charlie Haas or something. I don't know. And I was like, you know, the guy wrote a movie that I loved. It was, <laughs> I thought it was extremely funny and very clever.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, then, you know, just I'd never heard of it. Again. <laughs> you know. And then, but then there's parts too where I think it tries to be a little too clever. The part where the the gremlins like it, you watching a movie and it looks like a film break, uh-huh. like the the film melts. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that to me was so. Sort of felt like maybe in the theater it might kind of work, but
1: I remember seeing it in the theater when I was young, and I, I think it, it kind of was funny.
0: It was kind of funny, but it, like I said again, I thought it was a little too meta, a little too clever. And the, the I don't know why the way you talked about the joke that always cracked you up uh-huh. that never fails to crack you up, the one that uh, that never fails to kill me is where uh, the old guy is interviewing the smart gremlin, and he's like what do you want gremlin or creature he calls him what do you want creature he goes well we want civilization and he has that weird voice yeah and he's like you know um, now take this fellow for example and this other gremlin is is standing there and he's just got like one little propeller beanie on (laughs) and he's like He's like, take a look at this fellow here. Pulls a gun out and shoots him. <laughs> and then he goes, "No, was that civilized?
1: Clearly not." And then <laughs> he, I don't know. Grill, he says, Krill. It just cracks me up. It's the best. The, See it if you haven't. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, it is. It is one of the best sequels ever mm-hmm. made. I'd say.
0: Well, it's so much. The I thing I like about it too is it because it is a sequel. Mm-hmm. It plays around with it. Yeah. Whereas most sequels are just straight up sequels. Mm-hmm. But it plays around with the old gremlins thing so much. I mean, the one that can fly and then gets covered in cement and, <laughs> and, get, and freezes. The gargoyle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, I will say this the one scene in that movie that just annoyed me, the more at times I saw it, and uh-huh. even this last time I saw it, I hadn't seen it in a really long time. The musical number they do. For some reason, I'm just like, at the end. At the end, very end? Yeah. For oh, some reason, yeah. I just I, I just was like, ah, oh, I can't watch this.
1: Because they're doing, they're singing, I'm uh, New, New York, York New York. York. Yeah. Come on! <laughs> it's the only the, way to end that movie.
0: It's the, great. The city's so nice, they named it twice. Check it out one time, won't
1: you? <laughs> <laughs> that, that smart family guy cracks me. I about. always loved the way the electrical <coughs> government looked on the little video monitors. Just like, no <laughs> Oh, and then and then the hold music comes on, and then he looks around, and he's like, ah!
0: and he puts his fingers in his ears and starts freaking out. It's <laughs> <That's>
1: great. <laughs> it
0: is great. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we didn't ruin a bunch of the jokes for anybody that would go out and watch it based on this. But it, just hearing them doesn't do him justice in most cases. Exactly. And then and then but and then the scene where the gremlins at the end—they're all in the bar. Then what the bartender gremlin's got the little shirt and bow tie on and stuff.
1: <laughs> I always loved it when the evil mog is it I think it's when they're still Mogwise are in like the frozen yogurt and the fat chicks are all freaking out. Yeah, it's just like it's supposed to be health food.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and then um there's a there's quite a few at least recognizable actors in it. They yeah. got they got quite a few to be in there. I mean, the guy who plays Clamp, he he's my favorite character. He cracks me up because He's so just... Every single thing that happens, uh-huh. he, he immediately turns it around into some sort of like, hey, I can work with this kind of thing. <laughs> and um, John Glover?
1: Yes. He's
0: recognizable. For all you
1: younger f- people, he was on uh, Smallville for a long time. Was he? Yes, okay. he was uh, Lex Luthor's dad.
0: Okay. And then, obviously, the the, char- the main characters from Gremlins, Zach Galligan Phoebe Cates. Um, but is Kevin Klein. Yeah, well, yeah. But then, there's some... Sort of cameos, like I was mentioned the Paul Bartel cameo.
1: Oh yeah. Which, yeah, yeah. and if
0: anybody out there knows who Paul Bartel is, more power to you because most people wouldn't. <laughs> really, Eating
1: Raoul is a classic, my friend. Well,
0: sure, but how many people out there under the age of thirty have even heard of that movie? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, right? I mean, come um, on! If
1: you're not familiar with Paul Bartel and Mary Warrenov as like the greatest film team of, of independent 1984 cinema.
0: Wow, yeah, that's a tall order, fellas. I
1: mean, <laughs> what was it? They they did Rock and Roll High School together. They did Eating Raul together.
0: They, what was the other one? They did they did there was another one too. Um and I always remember Mary Warnoff better from it.
1: Well, cuz she's so goddamn odd-looking.
0: Yeah, yeah. But then okay, but then Hulk Hogan's in it. Um uh-huh. Christopher,
1: Christopher Lee.
0: Christopher Lee as this sort of weird creepy scientist yeah. guy. Uh-huh. The guys from Terminator 2, the twins. Yes. Um and I swear there was somebody else I was gonna mention. I think there it, are
1: more than a couple of other people. Robert Prosky, obviously. Yeah. Blah, blah,
0: blah. Yeah, but so it's it's I I really like that movie, and it's one of those movies too where you can watch it and you can still you can hear all they they have all the little goofy sound effects. A little bell rings when the one gremlin hits the other on the head. You know, goes, yeah, yeah. Bing, and you're like, oh, how just <laughs> corny is that? But it well, works but it's a in kids that movie. movie yeah. And I I actually watched it with some kids and I thought, oh, you know, some of this might be a little scary. But they were actually more scared by some of the stuff in Goonies than they were in Gremlins. I think because you can tell that in Gremlins, they're fake. Yeah. You know know that's not really a Gremlin being melted into a pile of goo.
1: Plus, the, the original... See, the difference between the original Gremlins and Gremlins 2 is that Gremlins kind of took things somewhat seriously and it was trying to be a little bit scary sure. whilst being a little bit funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie kind of deletes the scary and says, let's just be funny.
0: Yeah, there's really, honestly, there's nothing in that movie that I think they were trying to be scary at all, except for maybe that scene with that spider grandma. one.
1: Yeah, I never liked that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When the red-headed boss gets caught in the web I didn't like that. Yeah, yeah. I just I love her
0: reaction to that too. The best part of one of the best parts of that movie is that the people in that movie don't react the way you think they would. <laughs> like she's rocking around the hallway and she's going, Hello, is anybody here? And then she runs into the web and gets stuck and instead of going, Oh shit she goes, This is new <laughs> And
1: does, I mean it doesn't even sound like she's worried, she's like, Oh, this is new <laughs> It's Chloe Optawa and she has that ridiculous accent. Who
0: way. is that redheaded actress? I have no idea. She she's been in some movies other than that that I've seen, but right. it's just she has that ridiculous New York <laughs> accent. They go to the Canadian food restaurant. <laughs> I love that. And all the waiters are dressed like mounties. And they're like, you don't you'd like another Molson, eh? You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny stuff. Okay, okay. My
0: peeps. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I think Gremlins 2 is sort of worn out its welcome on the podcast so far. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I think that now maybe what we should do, we'll take a break. Do we have any other movies that we've both seen? I think everything else is stuff we've. Well, I think. Well, did you want to talk
1: about Snake Eyes today or not?
0: Um, we'll wait till the end, see how much time we got.
1: Alright. Sounds good I, to
0: me. Because I don't remember it as
1: well as you do. I do remember it, but... I, ha- I love it. It's so bizarrely over the top. That sure. Okay, well, let's see how much time we got left. Okay. And then, so we'll take a break, we'll come back to the movies that we haven't each
0: seen, and then we'll see what we're doing. Okay. Alright. Out. Okay, back in. Woohoo! Alright, so we decided we are going to mention Snake Eyes, which, if you haven't seen it, is Nicolas Cage... Um,
1: Carla Gugino and Gary Sinise
0: yeah yeah and you probably remember this a little better so Mm. maybe you should explain the plot because I probably will screw something up so the
1: plot as convoluted as it is it is a Brian De Palma picture remember Um, (laughs) Uh, yeah um, uh, Nick Cage plays this Atlantic City cop who's gotten into uh, who's like working kind of security-ish duties on a um, boxing fight Right. Which the, um, uh, whatever, the de- Department of Defense dude is going to attend.
0: Oh, like the, the Secretary of Defense? Mm, yeah. Okay.
1: And, um, and so in the middle of it, um, uh, in the middle of the boxing match, uh, the, def- the Secretary of Defense gets assassinated... Um, and Carla Gugino was talking to him at the time, and she runs away, and blah blah blah. And they have to figure out this is an assassination. Gary Sinise is the, was the head of the Secretary of Defense's uh, security detail, and he and Nick Cage are old friends. And so it it goes on from and, there. Yeah, and it's, it's kind it's of a convoluted con- conspiracy. Blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah.
0: it's a kind of kind uh, conspiracy theory kind of thing. Um, it, it, and also, it's a sort of a detective movie where he's trying to figure out what happened. And, yeah. But it is conflict. I mean, it's just <laughs> you—you kind of you're watching it, going, "What the hell is going on here?" Yeah. And the fact that I—I I don't know why I remember this so much, but Nick Cage is like is dressed like a pimp or something. Yeah. Like, he's gold- got like
1: a gold sparkly jacket on. Yeah,
0: yeah. And,
1: and, <laughs> he is also in rare form. That was like the height of Nick Cage freak out. Oh yeah. But, um, and of course, it's notable for the first, uh, say, 15, I think it's 15 or 16 minutes, is one shot. Yeah, and. Until the, until the assassination of the, of the Secretary of Defense, the entire front of the movie is one shot.
0: No cuts, nothing, which is fairly impressive in that the timing was right, the, you yeah. know, all that, but also just the technical aspect of it, just the guy, the, the camera must have had, like, some giant film canister on the (laughs) background and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: everybody has to hit their marks and their lines and blah, blah, blah. But uh, Brian De Palma's stated reason is he just wanted to beat Touch of Evil with their tracking. For
0: the longest, continuous shot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I remember, (laughs) too, was... Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't... Wasn't, like, Ving Rhames also
1: in that movie? No, um... Like, the... The boxer is no, is is somebody you would recognize, but not
0: not like a real famous, right? Okay, but yeah, and, and you know it, they make a joke about Brian De Palma and his logic and everything in Burn Hollywood Burn, <laughs> <laughs> which is another movie we should talk about, but not right now. <laughs> <laughs> just who knows, you know? But uh, it is it's very convoluted, and Nick Cage is just look he's on amphetamines, and the the mm-hmm. whole time.
1: Well, and it's it's not a bad movie, especially if you like Brian De Palma and his kind of visual trickery. It's kind of fun, but um, it, it's uh, the ending is notorious. Yeah, because they they removed the ending and reshot it. Uh, the original ending was supposed to have a giant um, kind of tidal wave right they, over the 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 Atlantic City boardwalk and into the casino and kind of royal everything up and blah blah yeah blah. and they decided that I guess that was just too much and so they took it out and replaced the ending but they still they, they show they? the wave crashing and the and the you know big like disco ball from on top of the um the casino like roiling around on the boardwalk and then they just leave that alone <laughs> and you're like, like okay. Wh- what? <laughs> but then, after, like the post-scene after the ending, like the, Coda. oh hey, we're okay, you know, kind of yeah. thing, the voiceover still says, like, after the wave came, and you're like, what? Yeah, well, it kind of goes along with, you know, it's like,
0: if you're going to cut something out, make sure you cut it out, right. and don't make references to it. Don't include
1: references to it before and after. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah. I, I remember watching that movie just thinking, wow, um, you know, again... Nick Cage wound up like nothing else. Yeah. Um, Brian De Palma going, it makes sense. I swear to God, <laughs> you know, <laughs> shooting scenes and the, you know the people are going, don't worry, I'll fix it in editing. We'll fix it in post. Just go. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. And Pretty I just much. couldn't. For some reason, I couldn't get over why they would put Nicholas Cage in that just weird. Like, reflective
1: yellow jacket. It's New Jersey. It's Atlantic City. I guess. It's like, you're a cop, really? And you dress <laughs> like that? Kinda well, go- but he was a corrupt cop. That was the whole point, was that Gary Sinise thought, well, okay, well, I shouldn't give it away. Well,
0: yeah, but, you know, I don't know if anybody's going to run out and get snake eyes. Right. Man, you never
1: know. So, spoiler alert. Do-do-do-do-do. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, Gary Sinise is the bad guy. Uh <laughs> And he, uh, he wanted Nick Cage there because he knew he was corrupt and he thought they would just be able to buy him off.
0: Right. So it's one of those movies where, and I remember this now too, now that you mention it, uh, because I, I know I had seen it and I had these impressions and all that stuff, but I remember thinking it was one of those movies that they try and make sometimes where nobody's really a quote unquote good guy. Right. Where even the hero has this big flaw. Uh-huh. You know? And... I tend to sort of like those movies that if they're done well. Yeah. But I don't know if I thought Snake Eyes was really done all that well. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think
1: it's hard to claim, but it is a guilty pleasure of mine. Sure.
0: Sure. Well, you know. Anyway. there We all have them.
1: Exactly.
0: Definitely. <laughs> so
1: so the movies we didn't see together this week, <laughs> I'd w- I want to see 2012. I'm very
0: interested to hear your impressions of this movie, because I would like to see it. Well... Hmm.
1: I also saw the fourth kind, and we came to the decision that that was probably better, even though it's not a very good movie in itself. Um, 2012 has just some problems with a lack of ideas.
0: Yeah, oh, like, well,
1: well, no, but I mean, plot ideas, uh-huh. action ideas. Okay. I mean, uh, the the basic premise is okay if sure. you want to go with it. Sure. Uh if you're in the mood to believe Mayan predictions and, sure, yeah. that the crust will just Hey, wander around. Is that what it was? Yeah, Is yeah. that what
0: brought on the end of the world? Is that the crust of the earth was somehow? Yeah, yeah. Up?
1: Somehow these neutrinos from the sun um melt the core of the earth, which causes enormous volcanic eruptions and the and the tectonic plates to just start going all gotcha. over the place.
0: Okay, gotcha.
1: Um so but no, the movie's incredibly repetitive. That's what you have... That's where I ran into problems. Yeah. Is that there are, say, five cell phone, you know, last phone calls in the oh, movie. Oh, right, yeah. Where they're like, oh, I really love you, Bob. Yeah. You know, see, I guess we won't see each other again. I, lo- I love you. Yeah. And, you know, somebody starts crying. Yeah. The most notable being when um, uh, one one of the characters calls his... Um, His son, who lives in Tokyo, (laughs) he hasn't talked to him in like 20 years or whatever, and (laughs) the daughter picks up the phone. She's like, "Hello, it's Grandpa." And you know, the the son takes all this time going like, "Oh, I haven't talked to him for so long." Yeah, and he's staring at the phone, and then like Tokyo explodes, (laughs) and all all George Seagal can hear on the other end is like, "Ah!" <laughs> and I'm like shit. That's a bad. One. <laughs> I didn't go. Oh, yeah, well, I'll uh, hang that up. Jeez. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, okay, that didn't go as well as I hoped. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, but there are like four or five of those, and it gets a little old. Yeah. Plus, I swear, it, the action is so repetitive. You know, they're, they, they're running away from cra- opening cracks in the earth in a limo. Then they're running away from opening cracks in the earth in a plane. Then they're running away from opening cracks in the earth in the plane again. <laughs> and it's, it just goes on and on like that.
0: Well, what, okay, let me ask you this. I've been curious to find this out. When they talk about, in the trailer, they talk about the government's been building these ships because they knew that the world was end or some shit. Mm-hmm. And um, what, are, what are they supposed
1: to be, like submarines or something? Well, they're totally contained so that the water can just go over them, and if they need to be kind of submerged, they can submerge. Um, But mostly it's to withstand the initial impact of the tidal wave set forth by the plate shifting. Right, right, okay. These massive earthquakes everywhere.
0: Well, because I remember when when I first saw the trailer, Uh I think I saw it at the theater, when I heard the government's been building these ships... I mean, they are not going to say the government's been building spaceships that people can get off the planet with.
1: No, no, no they're just they're they're just like giant cruise liners, kind of. Okay, okay gotcha. filled with the wealthy. Um, really? Yes, yes. You have to pay a billion euro to get on. Holy shit! <laughs> are those the best people that the Earth has to offer? Exactly. Wow. Well, because they needed to pay for the building these ships.
0: Oh man!
1: <laughs> but it's it's just kind of absurd. And, you know, some of it's okay. You know, Tandy Newton plays the daughter of the president, who's played by Danny Glover. You know, mushmouth as ever. Oh, God. I can't imagine listening to Danny Glover going, this is the end of our lives. Uh, my fellow Americans, we're not going to make it past this. Yep, and you're well, like, oh. Okay. I know.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I remember seeing him even in Saw, which was a few years ago, going, wow, he can barely speak
1: anymore. Exactly. But anyway, so Tandy Newton plays him. And sometimes you get good Tandy Newton. And yeah. Sometimes you get bad Tandy Newton. <laughs> right? And this was nearly to like W levels of bad t- Tandy Newton. You, did you ever see the I George never, Bush movie? Uh, no, I didn't. She played Condoleezza Rice and it was the most cartoonish performance ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, sir! You know, it was like she was the Wicked Witch of the West or something. It was really bizarre. Wow, that's and scary. so this is nearly to those levels of bad tandy.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: You know, and John Cusack, he does his job. It's fine. You know, he just looks. Oh, wow! Kind of. Yeah, all I get. The time. Yeah,
0: looking at the effects. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: um, I will say that poor Amanda Pete, The first time I see her in that movie. I don't know if it's just how they did her hair or if she's just, you know, starting to get a little old and long in the tooth. Yeah. I'll, I turned to who I was seeing it with and I said, my God, she looks like Maria Shriver.
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: Skeletor.
0: <laughs> Skeletor.
1: <laughs> well, I remember when she was in,
0: uh, like, for example, the whole nine yards, she was pretty. I mean, she, you know, she was good looking. She's,
1: she's still got it, but she's starting at certain angles to resemble Maria Shriver, oh, which is not, ouch. not good. Yes, yeah, Ske- yeah,
0: Skeletor. <laughs> that's a good that's a good uh, explanation of how she would look, I guess. <laughs> but um,
1: anyway, um, some of uh, the the special effects are definitely impressive. Yeah. Um, uh, like uh, when the super volcano Yellowstone goes off, that was pretty great.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I like I would like to see it. I was just curious to see what you thought about it because it was one of those movies when I saw the trailer I went, "Wow, that could be really cool." Or yeah. You know, it could just be a lot of special effects and just be a bunch of shit.
1: Yeah, because it, it, it has, it has, it's like they just ran out of ideas halfway through and just started repeating them. Yeah, because it, I will say that it is far too long. It is nearly three hours. Really? Yes, it's like well, two hours and forty some minutes.
0: Wow. Well, that's funny because Roland Emmerich likes to really go long on his movies, which yeah. is true of pretty much any of. I think the only movie that. Of his that isn't two hours at least is uh, Stargate. Yeah, I think that's just under two hours. Yeah, and I, I was going to say, and that yeah. one's like an hour forty-eight or something. Yeah,
1: but uh, for me, for Roland Emmerich, that's regs somewhere below um, Independence Day and uh, Day the Earth or Day the Day After Tomorrow. It's not as good as his other giant disaster pictures, but it's yeah. not as bad as it's,
0: it's not like it's terrible. Like, it's not like Ten
1: Thousand BC. It's nowhere near that yeah, level yeah. Of, <laughs> of crapulence. That's my new favorite word. <laughs> yeah. But um, oh, weren't we going to talk about Franciscusness? Franciscusness, yes. Okay. My brother will get a big kick out of this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead with the
0: Franciscusness.
1: We had this whole conversation. All right. right. So for those of you not in the know, this is a new word you need to start using. Yes, this is going to be inserted into your daily vocabulary. Exactly. Okay. Once then you hear it. Something has Franciscusness. Right. And I don't know quite what that means, except that it's a little cheesy, a little over the top, maybe. Little, but a little a bit little knowing. B. Yeah. Definitely be, but also
0: knowing that it is maybe a little cheesy. True. And thinking to yourself, if you have Franciscusness, if you're a Franciscusness-filled person, yes. you may know that you may not be doing the best job in the world, but this may be doing the best job you can, and you're going to do that
1: job the best that exactly. you can. Exactly. So, James Franciscus. I really only know him from two pictures, and they are Beneath the Planet of the Air or no, yeah, is it Beneath? That's the second one.
0: I thought, yeah, the one where the cobalt bomb goes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Beneath
1: the Planet of the Apes, in which he kind of takes the role of Charlton Heston from the first one, yep and uh, does it with relish, should we say. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean by that. And then, uh, When Time Ran Out. This is like the forgotten disaster picture of 1979. Um, It's got William Holden, Paul Newman, and Jacqueline Bissett along with Pat Morita and uh, the father from Webster. Oh, God. George Papadopoulos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) How did I pull that name out? Wow,
0: that was impressive.
1: Um, But Anyway, uh, so Franciscus in that movie plays like a land developer on a volcanically active island who just can't take that, yes, the volcano's going off. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. He's he's like, no! (laughs) He's like, we gotta get the plane in there! Ah! And, and of course he dies. But
0: um. <laughs> well, you know what a really good way to describe James Franciscus would be is something that you just said. He would be like a, ch- a like a, he's a like second
1: a, tier Charlton Heston. Exactly. He's got the beard and everything. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, and, and in that movie, honestly, if you just gl- glanced at that movie and it was on, you might actually still think it was Charlton Heston because he sort of mm-hmm. got the se- he's got the like sort of seventies look about him. Uh, this sort of the Studley guy '70s thing. He's yeah. sort—he's of, real tan, uh-huh. and, he, and he's got the, the beard going, and he's sort of—he's sort of chiseled, but not in
1: the sense of like a bodybuilder, right? You know, he's just Franciscus. He's just Franciscus. And I'm sorry, there's just something fun. All right, turn to yourself now, while you're sitting there listening, and say, "Franciscus." There's something beautiful <laughs> just about saying that tongue. name. I like. We were talking about this last week. And we just couldn't stop saying Franciscus. And then you add the mess at
0: the end, and it's even better Franciscusness.
1: Yes, Franciscusness. It's
0: a, so Tell you, your friends, people. So if you see a movie where you know it's a B movie, then they know it's a B movie, but they're really trying and they're knowing, okay, fine, that has Franciscusness written yes. all over it. Exactly. Or it's filled with. Franciscus. Yeah, we're still trying to figure out how to use it, but you know, or if somebody you know, like say, for example, and I thought of this uh, last week, and, and after I left, I was thinking, you know, okay, say you go to the bar, and there's a guy who almost he's like he's just decent, but. You can tell he thinks it's better than it really is. Right. And he's trying, and he's, to, and he's, he's he's trying so
1: hard. And he's and not it's a really. little bit cheesy.
0: And he's coming up to girls, and the girls are kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, you're not but bad. But he thinks
1: he's badass.
0: Then that guy has Franciscusness. Yeah, he does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is obviously funny to us, so just bear with us Ha <laughs> ha! But yeah, so I mean, if it, and this might actually serve as a guide to any later podcast when we say this movie had a fairly high Franciscusness rating or exactly. factor or yes. whatever you want to use it.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the greatest word ever <laughs> Franciscusness! And we're done with that for now. <laughs>
0: but okay, so um, what was the next one? You asked about something and now I forgot what it was. What? The next, the next movie. Oh, I don't know. Oh,
1: did you want you had one you wanted to talk about?
0: Oh well, I saw it, but see the thing is, is I saw I didn't see the whole thing. I was watching um, Clive Barker's <sighs> Book of Blood, which is actually and the problem is, is that whenever I started to watch it, it was late. Yeah. and I would be like, oh, you know, go lay down in the bed for a little while, watch this movie because I like to do that. You know, you put it on the computer, you watch it, whatever. But the problem was, is I kept falling asleep. Not because
1: it was a bad movie, yeah. but because it was I was tired. <laughs> um, so, was this actually directed by Clive Barker, or was I think it just so. like one of those Wes Craven presents? No, yeah,
0: thing? I actually think it was written and directed by Clive Barker. And um, Clive Barker is funny. I've never been able to really figure out. If I
1: really like Clive Barker, or I think that he's somewhat of a hack, or what? Because well, it's a little bit—it's a little maybe a little bit because he is a hack, but he makes these totally disturbed movies.
0: Right, he does too. And I mean,
1: if if you go back and you watch Hellraiser, the first one, which he did, it's out there and disgusting.
0: Sure, Um, I was never a big Hellraiser fan, though. For some reason, that that particular movie just never really resonated with me as much. But this movie, this Book of Blood movie, what it is, is it basically... It's kind of a haunted house movie. Mm-hmm. There's, um, there's this house that, these, that... there's Okay, there's a scientist who wants to go to this house and try and record the ghosts in the house. Kind of like these ghost hunter movies on the cable, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a professor that he knows at a college who is basically saying... Well, you can't record this. You can't scientifically measure this. It has to be of the mind kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she finds this kid who's going to the college who, and I forget how she finds this out, but he's a, like a clairvoyant. He, he became somewhat of a celebrity supposedly because he told his parents that his brother died in a car wreck before it, they got the call from the police. Uh-huh. And so then that somehow the news media picked this up and he became sort of this celebrity in a sense. And he would give people like readings, kind of like an Edgar Casey kind of guy.
1: Yeah.
0: And, um, but he's still in college. Not so he's this Criswell. Young kid. Not Criswell. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the future because that's where we will all spend the rest of our lives. <laughs> Criswell's awesome.
1: <laughs> Went on making bizarre predictions on late night television. <laughs> Anyway. anyway, no, he's not Criswell
0: but it maybe would have been better if he was. <laughs> but, um, but no. So they go to this house, and the, unfortunately, when I fell asleep when I was watching it was right when it was sort of the whole horror part was really ramping up.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, and uh, you could tell it was Clive Barker, but it wasn't Clive Barker in the weird sort of bondage clothes and hooks <laughs> in the skin. Yeah. And it might have been later on, so I don't know. But it was, I, I would say that from what I've seen, mm-hmm. it was pretty good. And it was interestingly enough shot in Scotland. Okay. With, and at the credit sequence at the beginning, uh-huh. they, it was like in association with like Film Scotland. Yeah. So I'm assuming they got some sort of government assistance Branch, to do it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I had forgotten that
1: Clive Barker is English, right? My God! Like I was watching Hell, I was watching Hellraiser with Dale the other uh, a few weeks back, and they, on the DVD there have these special features, and you you can watch these interviews with Clive, and that guy has had I'm going to be a little vulgar too much cock and too many cigarettes. <laughs> he sounds. Astoundingly bad. Like I have never heard a more gravelly voice. I think you mentioned that at one point too.
0: I think I mentioned Hellraiser on that one where we did the the mm-hmm. Halloween like best death scenes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And
1: I think you mentioned that before. Oh, and it's like it's the, it's like it's it's like listening to boulders grind against each other. It's wow, bizarre. I will.
0: I'll have to see if I can look that up, be online yeah. or something, because. To be honest with you, and I mean, obviously, Clive Barker's a famous guy. He wrote tons of books, and mm-hmm. he did a bunch of movies and stuff. But uh, I don't even know what he looks like. I really don't. Like, he looks I, like
1: a normal guy, but,
0: yeah, but with this really fucked up voice. <laughs> well, you know, and, and again... <laughs> It was one of those movies where I went, oh, this is, you know, it was, like, better than I thought it was going to be going into it, but right. I wish that, I it, next week I'll have to say, because I still have it, and so I have to watch the rest of it, but. Until uh,
1: I don't have it. Yeah,
0: exactly, so I'm in suspense myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, I think that's about the only other movie that I've seen that I wanted to even really,
1: okay. you haven't. Um well, I did want to mention that I watched Push, okay. which was not the best movie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, you know, Chris Evans, Dakota Fanning, and uh, Camilla Bell, Jaimin Soo. Oh, Lord. You know, this is like a cast of thousands here. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, for some reason, they said it in Hong Kong. I'll tell you, whoever wrote it, uh-huh. whoever was the screenwriter, spent an intensely long amount of time coming up with his little universe. Okay. Because there are so many... You know, such and suches can do such and suches to so and so's, but not to other so and so's. And it just goes on. It's like really intricate.
0: Okay, so why don't you give us a little bit of the, the, plot. Of the okay, plot? Because is, I'm honestly, I, I don't know. Is, I haven't is, seen it. So. Government
1: scientists have uh, working on, been working on psychic powers projects. Um, and okay. they create these six or seven different psychically powered uh, types of people. Okay. And one is a watcher who can see the future. One is a pusher who can make you put thoughts in your head and make you do things. Right. Um, one is a mover who's t- got telekinetic powers. Right. Uh, one's a bleeder who, can, um, who screams at a really high pitch and makes you bleed. Okay. And the other is a stitch who can heal the, ble- the effects of the bleeders. And wow. uh, there may be a, a shadow who can hide you from watchers.
0: Wow. Um, this is intricate.
1: Sniffers. Uh, he, and, and the shadows can hide you from sniffers because they can like, uh, I think in the movie they do like, they kind of pick up your toothbrush that you used 10 years ago and sniff on it and they can follow you Maybe around you find the find world.
0: You? Yeah, you know, that one's the most uh, stupid one, I think. Yeah, probably. To say, I wouldn't want to be a sniffer. <laughs> yeah. What are you? I'm a sniffer. But oh, so they're Steven.
1: all controlled by this uh, group called the Division which <laughs> is led by <laughs> Jaiman Hunsu and uh and they're they they're they're trying to create this chemical that will enhance people's powers. Right. And everybody who takes it dies except for Camilla Bell, who they right. give it to and um with the aid of Dakota Fanning's mother escapes from the division while after she's been given this Wow. Okay. Extra power. And, okay. Uh, so somehow they end up in Hong Kong, which apparently they describe in the movie as there are a lot of runaway powered peoples here in Hong Kong. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, why not, man? Exactly. I mean, if I if
0: I had if I had a psychic ability that got boosted <laughs> chemically, I'd totally think I got to go to Hong Kong. Exactly. Be like, what? Duh. So
1: it seems to me that most of the people in this movie made it because they wanted to go to Hong Kong, um, and. <laughs> And it just kind of, I don't know. I like Chris Evans more and more. I think he's maturing. You know, in in this movie and in Sunshine, he's no longer just the kind of prick that he used to play in Cellular and uh, the Fantastic Four.
0: Yeah. I actually kind of like Chris Evans. I think he's kind of funny. Yeah. You know, I think that, uh, I think he, he was one of the funnier parts of, which, what I think was his first movie, was not
1: another teen movie. It was his first movie. Yeah. No, I think I like him well enough. He's alright. But anyway. So, the movie, uh, it, it has its little intricate universe. It just has no energy. I, I, don't, I don't know why. So many movies fall down on that. Because it's, like, it's almost two hours long. And it, it just lacks a, a terrific amount of uh, moving power. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of drive to get you from
0: scene to scene. See, I don't get that either. Why is it that okay, these movies that, that obviously from what you're saying, the guy who wrote this movie spent a lot of time on this and was like, Okay, this is what happened this is what I want to happen, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Why is it that then those movies that where you could tell somebody really put a lot of effort and stuff into just fall so flat, you're just like, Okay, that would have been good if it was just not so flat. Yeah. I don't understand that either. I don't know.
1: I, I the director's a guy named Paul McGeegan and um he, I don't, he's just, I think he did uh, Wicker Park and other things. I think he's just a pretty flat director. Yeah. From what I know of him. Right. He seems just like a flat director and people probably shouldn't hire him. Yeah. But um, but at any rate, it's not horrible, but it does, I mean, it was done by Summit Entertainment, the people who brought you the Twilight series, and clearly they were hoping for another big yeah, um, franchise because the movie ends on like the world's biggest cliffhanger. And you're like, well, you're not going to get a sequel. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, well, you probably, maybe
0: you should have gone back and made a different ending yeah. considering you know at this point you're not getting a sequel.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, well, I, I remember it was funny when you had said that you watched it. I It took me a minute to remember, but then when you started to describe it, I went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that would be a kind of movie that if it was done well, I think I would really like. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like it was done that well.
1: It has moments where I'm like... I, It's like I'm watching it, and there are moments here and there where I'm like, God, I really want to like this movie. Yeah, yeah. But it never quite gets.
0: Oh, that's so frustrating, too, because when you're watching a movie and you're going, God, if this was just a little bit better, I would really like this movie. Exactly. And then it's that, to me, is almost a little more disappointing than if you see a movie where you're just like, this fucking sucks, you know?
1: Exactly, because those you can just dismiss. This movie, it's right on that margin where you're like... Fuck! I want it to be better. Yeah, I really want this movie to be better. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's. Ex- I know exactly what you mean. I, I really do, and and especially and especially when somebody comes up with an idea that is a, sounds like a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to the psychic powers and all that stuff. Yeah. So, if you were one of the psychic people, which power would you want?
1: Um. Hmm. I guess I'd want to be a watcher, so I could see the future.
0: See, I'd want to be a pusher. To make people do what I wanted, yeah, you know that it's would be a pretty bone. good one. Yeah, you could you could do a lot <laughs> with that. I don't think.
1: See, the worst one it seemed to me in the movie was to be a shadow, because like they find the shadow to hide him from people, and he just kind of stands around and he's like, "Hey, I'm keeping you safe." <laughs> and I feel like, wow, that guy's got a terrible experience. exactly right. Oh yeah, oh, you're like, can't do really anything very cool. But. I know. I just stand here and nobody can see him. I don't know why. I don't know why that was so funny, but
0: yeah, pretty much, just stand here. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, push. You know what? Just from the description that you gave me, I actually might check that out just to kind of see what I think because it sounds interesting, and the it is interesting, you know, and.
1: Got a lot of things going for it, it just never quite no,
0: doesn't quite get there. And that yeah, that's part that's kind of what we were talking about with Congo yeah. last week. Was like, you're like, just do this a little better,
1: or just do that a little better, or whatever. Well, and Congo's different because I just so loved the story. I loved that book. It's it, it's not his best book, Crichton's best book, but I loved it. And I and I, and I liked the story so much and I knew. From watching that movie, how you could do it better to make... You know, if you just shot it this way, or if you just did it that way, it could just be so much better. Well, yeah, but
0: what I mean is that if... With a movie like what you're talking about with Push is where... uh, Well, Push, though... You're just just like... It just needs to be... You just need to take it up like one or two notches of the... Right. And it would just be that much better.
1: See, the difference, though, is is that Push lacks an energy level. Congo's got tons of energy. It needed a little darker edge.
0: Sure, and it actually might even have too much energy.
1: Yes. You know,
0: and see... and we <laughs> went, uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so we'll do... Uh, we watched the tra- the trailer section here, considering we're getting toward the end here and everything. Yes. Um,
1: the trailer for... Induction? Inception. Inception. Sorry. Um, and there's not much to it. Uh, it... Uh, it's on on-demand, I don't know, for you people who live in Comcast land. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, but it's the new uh, Christopher Nolan movie. Right. From the director of The Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Batman Begins.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Prestige. Yeah. Well, with Leonardo DiCaprio and who was it? Uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine, that's right. Uh, so, basically, the trailer... My impression of the trailer was that it it very interesting looking, but the problem with it was... And these are... This, to me, is the problem with teasers, is that you just see a bunch of images. Yes. You don't really know, okay, what is this about? We
1: don't get a plot.
0: There's no, I mean, literally no plot.
1: The only hints are that it seems to me, from what from what you can see in the movie, um, it seems like they're going to be, intera- like, most of the movie will take... In- Take place inside Leonardo DiCaprio's mind and in his memories.
0: Right, because the the little tagline thing says your mind is the scene of the crime. Right, and, uh, and that there's a scene in the in the trailer that I thought was really cool. Which I mean, it's it's not like it's never been done before, but it looked very cool. Where these two guys were somehow they were like fighting in a hallway, and the hallway was rotating. Yeah, and so these guys would the one guy was running on the floor but he was bent way over because it was tilting right and then it flipped over and they hit the ceiling and then it tipped over again and the guy went all the way down to the end of the hallway fell all the way down to the end of the hallway and crashed into the elevator doors and stuff so i mean i think it looked very interesting but the problem with it was to me that a teaser you're supposed to go oh you know hey what's up what's what's going on with that or i want to see that or whatever but in that one you kind of went well uh What's that? You know. Like, <laughs> well, what?
1: I tell you, I I had that. I I mean, I I saw that. I wa- I went through. I go through the on demand every week to see what's new. Right. And I clicked on that one, and I watched it, and I was like, Holy fuck! I want to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, <laughs> it made, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it
0: made me want to see the next trailer uh, because I would think that because I, I was thinking, well. Uh, you know that could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I don't know what it was about at all. Yeah. And but the, and the thing for me too is that I don't particularly like Leonardo DiCaprio.
1: I don't either. I think he's a runt. <laughs> he's not. He's. A, you have to admit he's just <laughs> not the best actor. And his voice grates on my ears. It's just too high pitched. And he's not that attractive. Sorry, ladies. He just is. <laughs> <ended. laughs> well, and the thing that for me is
0: that. I think that the, one of the reasons I don't particularly like Leonardo DiCaprio is that he considers himself one of these actors with a capital A. <laughs> right. And I'm going, well, you know, he's a pretty good actor. He, he is. But I wouldn't say that he's like the best actor out there. No. But he thinks he is.
1: Yeah. That's and he'll only
0: take these movies anymore where it's like this a big important movie and all this stuff. <laughs> Maybe not that one, but stuff like Blood Diamond. Yeah, and, yeah,
1: and Body of and
0: Yeah, and it's like, I like to see, personally, I like to see an actor or actress who looks like they're at least having some fun, or at least having... Well,
1: yeah, I mean, for me, if you're going to talk about who's the best actor actor in Hollywood today, uh, actor and actress, for me, uh-huh. Johnny Depp, yeah. and probably Emma Thompson still. Nobody's topped her for me, because yeah. you watch them on screen... And they're totally honest and in it, and you. No matter what they're doing, you can you can feel it from them. Sure. You know, Johnny Depp in the Pirates of the Caribbean. He should have gotten best actor. Yeah, he really. was he was ten times better than I think Sean Penn won or something. I can't. remember. Yeah,
0: and you know what? I remember that too because you went. Now that guy is that character. That is him. That and he's he's charming he's, and he's funny and he's, he's having he's a good time
1: inhabiting it. Yeah, with Sean Penn, and it's always my complaint against him. You watch him act. You can right. see the wheels turning.
0: Him acting right. as opposed to seeing the character that right. he's playing. Mm-hmm. And I remember having that conversation with you, and that's I think why I don't like Leonardo DiCaprio so much yeah. because you can always see that you watch Leonardo Di- Leonardo DiCaprio act you yeah. don't watch a character uh-huh. I think the last time that I can say that um, I saw Leonardo DiCaprio in a role that I thought he was really good at whereas i watching the character was probably Catch Me If You Can yeah because well, he was good in that. A, that's
1: a fun movie, though, too. Yeah, yeah.
0: But it was a movie that I was sort of out of character for him. Yeah. Because it was kind of a fun movie. It wasn't about, <laughs> you know, the enslaved masses of Africa or the CIA <laughs> yeah. oppressing people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, and that kind of, for whatever reason, I don't know why, and it will be brief here because I know we're over an hour, um, we had the conversation about actors being cut out of movies. Yes. And the weirdest thing is, because every actor in the world... No matter who they are, will have a story about how they, at some point in their career, had a part that got filmed, but then they cut it out yeah, for yeah. whatever reason. Kevin cut.
1: Costner and The Big Chill. Right,
0: yeah. Et cetera. So, and what, it's not necessarily that they were a bad actor or they did a bad job, it's time or they thought the story would be better served or whatever All it right. was. But there were some really odd little cuts in movies that we talked about earlier yeah. where people got cut out. For the weirdest reasons, <laughs> and like the one, w- the guy that you were talking about from Star Trek.
1: Oh yeah, R- Rene Auberjonois. <laughs> Most people would know him from TV, like Benson. Maybe I don't know if anybody remembers that or Boston Public or Boston Legal. Sorry, the black and, guy. Oh, no, no. Uh, the he was also, he was on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. He was the.
0: Oh, yeah, okay, sorry, never mind. I was thinking somebody else. Go ahead. <laughs> I knew you <laughs> we were talking about before, but then I was like, wait a minute.
1: Wait. Okay, never but mind. But anyway, so in Star Trek six, um, he was cut out, his whole plot line was cut out of the original in theaters version of the movie, and then they put it back in for the, devi- for the v- video release. Uh-huh. And so I remember reading this story about him where he was like, somebody came and congratulated me on that movie, and I didn't know what they were talking about because I knew I'd been cut from it. So <laughs> yeah. Somehow they put me back in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, and then what was the one? Oh, Paul Bartel, we were talking about from uh,
1: from Escape Gremlins from too. LA. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then he was in Escape from LA. And you guys, and I don't remember this at all. So you got to yeah, tell yeah, me yeah. this one.
1: Okay, in Escape from LA in the theaters, I, I I don't even think I don't think you can find a widescreen version of that. But maybe if you could, um, you I might bet you see can. Him. I think even the DVD release is in... Is in, is in full screen? Full screen. Oh, wait. Um, okay. But, but, anyway. Uh, but anyway, so in, on, in the theaters, when A.J. Langer, who's playing the president's daughter, is jumping off of Air Force One or whatever, uh-huh. um, in the background is Paul Bartell. For no apparent reason. Yeah. Like, he's just standing there. <laughs> I asked you before. I was like, did he <laughs> even have a line? He no? had no lines. It was like, hey, John, can I be in the movie? Sure, stand over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. Don't say <laughs> anything, but just stand, <laughs> here, you know. And so A.G. Langer gets off the plane, and that's the end of Paul Bartel. Um, but, uh, and then when you watch it now on video... All you can see is AJ Langer. You can't see off to the left. There should be Paul Bartel. I think you right. might see like half of his arm.
0: <laughs> we'll see. That's funny because, okay. And I was going to ask you this before, but I was going to save it till now. Is that okay? If you you know how there's so many weird union rules and blah 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 about right. stuff in Hollywood. Well, if you're in the movie uh-huh. and you're standing there in the movie, but then on the DVD. You're cut off because it's not widescreen.
1: Do you
0: still have to be credited, even? Or like uh, paid? Or Honestly,
1: originally, I don't think he was credited in that movie. We don't have to credit anybody that doesn't have a line. Right. So, you I know. Because I remember, I don't, you know, most of you people out there aren't going to know who Paul Bartel is. I recognized him and I was like, Paul Bartel! Why the fuck is he there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, and and it's like,
0: and I talked about too, when, in the movie Aliens, mm-hmm. where I had watched that movie a bunch of times on cable or DVD or whatever, but then one time it was on just a network stage, it was NBC, whatever, oh. you know, Channel 9. Yeah. Uh, and I'm watching it, because that's one of those, that's another one of those movies where if it's on, I'll watch it. Right. You know, and well, so- I... Go ahead. I was just going to say, and I don't even like watching movies on network TV, even cable TV where they have to edit them down and right. take, put in commercials and all that stuff. It drives me crazy these days. <laughs> and I, maybe I'm becoming a real snob about stuff like that, but it just, it, I can't do it. Yeah. But anyway, there are certain movies that I'll watch, even that way, that I think, okay, I'm going to watch that. It's on. Well, when I, <laughs> when I was watching on the, the network version, there's all these scenes that got put back in. Yeah And that weren't in the video version or anything uh-huh. And I'm going And I'm watching it
1: going What the fuck is this? Yeah I've seen versions of Aliens Where like they have the scenes of Newt's parents finding the ship And they're the ones who get the aliens and Right And then stuff. there's
0: the, the ones I remember too from Aliens Was this, there was scenes where they had set up And I can see why they would take them out mm-hmm. You know because they were not really needed but they had set up these automatic guns in the hallways, right. so when the aliens came down the hallway, they would just blow them away until they ran out of ammo. Uh-huh. And I just remember watching those scenes, going, "Where is this coming from?
1: <laughs> <laughs> is yeah, this yeah, new." I remember the first time I saw those. One of my um, one of my history professors in high school was like a, a film reviewer for Casey Kasem's Top Forty Magazine. Wow. asked me okay and um and so he had like literally a thousand laser disks ooh and so and i started a film club and one of the movies we watched was aliens and on the laser disk it had all those uh, taken out scenes. Yeah, that is so weird
0: though too because there are certain movies out there where there are like five different versions floating around. Mm-hmm. The one for DVD, the one for video, or for VHS, the one for Laserdisc, the one that was on network TV. Yep. It is so weird to me <laughs> that there are just all these
1: versions out there. With different pieces of the puzzle. Right, well, and... and well, it's so funny though. The, one, the Talking about this, it reminds me that every now and again you can turn on, I think it's TNT... Uh And they'll be showing that weird like four and a half hour version of Needful Things. Have you ever seen that? No. The movie movie itself, if you go and rent it's like two hours ten. Yeah. They doubled the time. Really? There was that much stuff they didn't include in that movie. Well,
0: I could see how in that story that would be true, but at the same time, if you're making a movie out of it, why shoot all that anyway? You're not going to release a a four-and-a-half-hour version of (laughs) fucking needle
1: Things. But it's It's there. there. TNT will show. I think it's TNT shows or USA will show that four-hour version of the movie. That'd be interesting. I'd like to see if I could find that I've never finished it. (laughs) <laughs> it's like a marathon right? I love that movie I love my Bonnie Bedelia people heart like a wheel but um, <laughs> but I've never actually finished the gigantic needful things <laughs> All right. I actually didn't even know that was out there really? yeah look for it okay alright
0: well uh, I think it's about it. Anything else uh, we got it on the plate today? I don't think so. All right. Just want to mention. I don't know why. I was going to say this at the opening. Yeah. And it's so inconse- inconsequential that I have no idea why I'm even saying it. This is the first time we've done a podcast before the sun went
1: down. This is true.
0: I don't know why. Hey, for some reason. It it's feels not, like you know below zero. It, well, hey. it's like throwing me off a little bit. It's like <laughs> sunlight. I can in the see wind. you. Amos. I know, right? We have like you know we have some. Jesus Christ! Room. It's distracting. It's like. Well, no wonder we haven't done this before dark. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> All right. No, uh, so I don't want to make it two weeks in a row. So where can you reach us? We can, you, we can be reached at
0: canyoufbi at gmail.com. We are available on iTunes. Yay! Which, yay!
1: Um,
0: we, oh, we had a trivia question. Did we? Yeah, we did. And there was a line from a movie. Oh, crap. I remember this earlier. <laughs> All right. We've stumped ourselves, people. Okay, you're not getting it because we didn't get it We're going to have
1: to go back and review yeah. the previous okay. episode to find out what the God, fuck our trivia is. I wish was. I
0: could remember what it was because it was funny to me. But, okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so, to reiterate, G, uh, can you FBI at gmail.com Look for us on iTunes. For some reason, and I don't know if I had told you this before, and I tell the listeners too... For some reason, iTunes, the iTunes store, uh-huh. they only put up certain numbers of podcasts if you go and just do the categories and stuff. Right. So if you're looking for us on iTunes, which I don't know if you are or not, you actually have to do a search for Can You Fucking Believe It? And it comes up and everything. But yeah, yeah. I, I, we
1: haven't made it into the... We're not popular enough we're, to we're, just come up under movies. We're not quote-unquote...
0: Featured, <laughs> but
1: we soon will be
0: people. You got to help us out here, people. The public is what determines this, not us. Exactly.
1: Tell your friends to listen to our dumbass podcast. <laughs> tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your dog. At least download it, then they can delete it. I exactly. don't exactly. Just download it
0: because that counts as a download.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: All right, man. All right, we'll take us out, Phil. Can you fucking believe it? Nice, alright, be back later. Woo.